taste of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Welcome to the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcasts from Wurundjeri land in the Kulin Nation, stolen land. We pay our respects to elders past and present. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today on the show we bring you a live recording of John McKelvey, who featured at Cherry Poets on June 24th. John was born in Scotland, moved to Melbourne in the 1980s, and has been writing poems, songs and stories for over 50 years. He's a very familiar and friendly face at poetry gigs, and a generous supporter of poets and writers. And since we're just coming out of Radiothon here at 3CR, can I just say a huge thank you to all of the people who pledged their financial support to this show and the station in June. I'm pleased to report that the Spoken Word Show met and exceeded our target, and I'm especially pleased to see the Spoken Word community getting behind us. Spoken Word has been putting poets on the airwaves every week for over 14 years now, and it's because of that support from listeners that this can continue to happen, so thank you everyone. And now, as promised, John McKelvey, recorded at Cherry Poets on 24th of June 2023. Okay, um, I have this alter ego called Stupid Fred. And I thought I would just start off with a couple of Stupid Fred things to get them out of the way. And uh, then I can get on to some other stuff. I'll make sure that I leave enough room for open stage. So Stupid Fred was a character I invented to interact with nephews, nieces, and all that. And this is a letter that he wrote to my nephew, Jackson, who lives in Scotland, and came to visit us, and uh, he went back to Aberdeen. And this is Jackson's, Fred's letter to Jackson. I have been getting into a bit of trouble since you went back to Aberdeen. The lady at Kinder called me a name that was not kind at all and phoned my mummy and said bad things about me. When she finished, she said she told my mummy to come and collect me because I was a stupid sod. I don't know what she meant by that. I will ask mummy why people often call me sod when no one has ever sawed me. Anyway... I think she was just annoyed with me for bringing my pet rat to kinder and a jar full of rats, ants, that I had collected in the garden. The kinder lady was called Mrs. Widebottom, which anyone seeing her from behind would never forget. We used to sing her a little song that I made up, which went, 
Silly Mrs. White Bottom, silly Mrs. White Bottom, when she mops, the smell is really poor rotten. Hold your nose and run like mad. Silly Mrs. White Bottom smells real bad. <laughs> Mrs. White Bottom didn't like my song. I think she hates me. The stupid old bag tried to take the jar of ants away from me, and she broke it, and the ants swarmed all over her and bit her. She grabbed me, and the rat got loose, and all the kids started screaming and jumping up on chairs as the rat ran round. Some of them fell off the chairs, and some were pushed off and got hurt. It was mainly just broken arms, legs, and nosebleeds. Nobody was killed or anything serious. The rat would not hurt anyone. It was a nice rat and was probably scared of all the screaming kids. It was all Mrs. Widebottom's fault, not mine. But she blamed me and called my rat a very naughty word when she told me to catch it. I caught the rat by tempting it out of a corner with a bit of the jam sandwich that I had in my jocks. Mrs. Whitebottom was not there when I caught the rat. She had gone to put on some anti-itch cream. I wasn't sure what to do with the rat when I grabbed it, but I didn't want it to escape again, so I put it in Mrs. Whitebottom's handbag while she wasn't looking so it wouldn't run around again and scare the kids. I also put half my sandwich in the bag so the rat wouldn't get hungry. After a while, my mummy came to take me home. She spoke to Mrs. Whitebottom, who blamed me for all the trouble, even though it was her fault. Mummy said I would have to go home with her. I said I would be ready in a minute, but rotten old Mrs. Whitebottom, who was still scratching her ant bites, started screaming that my mum should take me away at once. I didn't hear her even have time to get my rat out of her handbag. <laughs> Mummy was just a little bit cross with me because I, she had arranged lots of things to do while I was at kinder and didn't manage to get them done. I said I was sorry and she cheered up and said we could have salmon for tea. I like salmon. It's one of my favorites. We had just sat down for tea when the police called and said Mrs. Widebottom had crashed her car and that firemen had been called to cut her out of the wreckage with the jaws of life. She was not seriously hurt, but she was blaming me again. Apparently, she was driving home when her mobile phone rang in her handbag. She opened the handbag, and the rat jumped out and started running round the car, then crawled up under her dress. That seems to me a bit silly of the rat because of her smelly bottom. Then she had taken her eyes off the road and driven into a ditch. I could hear her in the background yelling at the police and the firemen saying it was my fault. But surely you're not meant to answer your phone when you're driving. I told Mummy that we should go and collect my pet rat before Mrs. Widebottom pooped and gasped the wee creature. We got there just as the fireman finished cutting our car in half to let her out. When she saw me, she started to scream like a mad person, pointing at me and saying naughty words. 
A doctor gave her an injection which calmed her down a bit, and one of the firemen gave me, a, gave me the rat which he had found in the car, quietly chewing on the crust of my sandwich. I told you the rat was harmless. Just then, Mrs. Widebottom's car burst into flames because she had been smoking when she had crashed the car and the cigarette, which was still alight, had dropped onto the passenger seat and set that smouldering. When the fireman cut the car in half, there must have been some petrol that got spilled and the smouldering seat blazed up like a Guy Fawkes bonfire. The fireman soon put the fire out, but the car was just a burned-out wreck by this time. They took Mrs. Widebottom to hospital and said they would keep her in overnight for observation. There was nothing really wrong with her, but I said we should visit her, and Mummy said it would probably not be a good idea <laughs> and might set her back a bit. I'm not sure why. I even said I would take the rat with me to hospital and show her how tame it was, but Mummy insisted that we go straight home. She heated up the salmon in the microwave and it tasted really good. I gave the rat a tiny piece because it had been such an exciting day. Mrs. Widebottom doesn't come to our kinder anymore. And we have a nice lady called Mrs. Rottweiler. <laughs> Instead, and she is not scared of rats or kids or any other creatures... She likes all sorts of pets and says that she once had a pet snake. I told her what happened to Mrs. Widebottom and how she had crashed her car while smoking and trying to answer the mobile phone. She said smoking is a bad habit and answering your mobile when you're driving is against the law. She is very sensible. Mrs. Rottweiler thinks I'm a very good boy and doesn't do smelly poops. I think I am in love with Mrs. Rottweiler. She's even polite when she tells me not to put nose goblins on cuddly toys. Please don't do that, Fred. Other children have to play with them, she says. She's so nice that I licked the nose goblins off and swallowed them. I hope you still like nose goblins, Jackson. And have enclosed a special big sticky one for you. <laughs> Maybe we can Skype each other sometime on computer. I would love to hear how you are getting on in Scotland. It's a bit cold here in Australia now, but I am lighting lots of fires to keep warm. The firemen keep coming, <laughs> racing to put them out, which is very exciting. I hope you are keeping well. And give my best wishes to your mummy and all the people in Scotland who know me. All your best, Stuart Fred. <laughs> That's never been performed before. <laughs> okay. This is another stupid Fred. Welcome back to school, a poem by stupid Fred. There is a boy in class I hate. His farts have an awful smell. But he did a sneaky, silent one 
Then he jumped up to yell, Can we hear the windy open, miss? I think Fred shit himself. <laughs> to try and prove my innocence, I dropped my breeks in class. <laughs> to show I hadn't shit myself, I bared my lily-white arse. I soon perceived my show and tell had been a wee bit silly. There was a skid mark on my jocks, and the girls all saw my willy. The lassies started laughing. I felt my face go red. The teacher yelled, Pull your breeks up and gang and see the head. You really are in, now in deep shit, you silly bugger Fred. There's now a kid in class I hate. He got me in big trouble. But soon it will be payback time and he'll get paid back double. The kid I hate is an ugly sod who soon will live in dread. He'll learn it is a big mistake to take shit or piss out of Fred. <laughs> okay, well... I think we, we've had enough of Fred. <laughs> I haven't had enough of Mrs. Rockbottom. Oh, she's wonderful. <laughs> this is um, a Valentine's Day poem. A poet staggered from the pub far too late to be going home. He was thinking about Ginsburg and also Al Capone. His crazy thoughts were germinal but made no sense at all. Valentine's Day, poets, massacres, folk shot against the wall. He also was called Alan and when he reached his place, his flatmates, flatmates knew that he was sick and also off his face. They took him for some COVID tests. They did not come back terminal. But clearly it was obvious there was a serious terminal. <laughs> okay, let's... This is a song I wrote. There's animals drowning on the bottom deck, Noah. There's a hole in the ark, we may not reach the shore. Go down and fix it before it's too late. If we ship too much water, we'll share the same fate as the animals drowning on the bottom deck, Noah. But Noah said it doesn't much matter to me if all on the bottom deck drown in the sea. Up here on the top deck, I've cattle and sheep are good for their wool and their leather and meat, and all of the rest can go drown in the deep. 
But Noah's three children determined to save the drowning animals from the sea waves. They bailed out the water by day and by night, shored up broken timbers, made the ship water tight. You can't wait for others to do what is right. There's animals drowning on the bottom deck now. There's a hole in the ark. We may not reach the bow. Let's fix it together before it's too late. If we ship too much water, we'll share the same fate as the animals drowning on the bottom deck now. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. One more? Two more? Okay. I'll do a song and a wee poem. I shunned him now some other beguiling lips dewy wine on some other now smiling my heart like a tumbling bird tries in vain to keep flying my tongue with these stumbling words tries to hide my soul's dying. What shall I do without you, my fair one? What shall I do without you, my rare one? The world is an alien place with no true star to guide you. I charted my course by your face. Now the tear clouds, they hide you. What shall I do? Tomorrow's tomorrow, thoughts wrapped in you, some new clothing may borrow. But laughter and tears are the same, if the soul cannot feel them. In the wilderness I'll call your name. Sing love songs where none hear them. Too much wine. Dionysus at the bar lifts up my lidded hand over the glass and pours. A torrent takes us in its flow. The wine becomes the song I sing, the dance she dances. It is late, the cherub child is sent to bed, taking his bow and arrows, lead and gold. 
I picture him unsleeping in his room, plotting mischief. It is late. The song I sing is sad. So beautiful. The dance, she dances. Thank you. Need an extra layer for the cooler months? We've got great new long sleeve tops that proudly say Workers Radio. Available now online or at the station. Perfect for layering when you're out on the street. They'll have you picket line ready for winter. At $40, you'll get a great quality shirt ethically and locally manufactured by Quali Tops in Reservoir. Order now and we'll post one out for $8.50. Or you can pick it up from the station. Buy one online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Or come into the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. You are listening to Spoken Word on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. We're playing a live performance of John McKelvey, recorded at Cherry Poets on 24th of June, 2023. There's a song that's ticking in the back of my head, but I can't remember it exactly, but it's Maids when you're young never wed an old man because he's got no falorum for little falorum. He's got no falorum for little all day. He's got no falurum, he's lost his zingdurum, so mates when you're young, never wed an old man. <laughs> I'll have to find the proper words of that. But I can't not do a feature without my Scottish hubby babysitting poem. It's, there is a, a, an old Scottish tune that it's set to. and Scottish hubby babysitting. The wee man's greeting, he's na happy, smells like shite, I bet he's crappy. How the hell do you change a nappy? Wish the wife was him. She said she would be back at ten. I told her, don't you worry, hen, gang off to bingo with your friends. I'll manage here okay. Imagining a night of pleasure, watching TV at my leisure, the wee man snoozing, what a treasure, I've got a slab of beer. But now the wee man starts to yell, my nose detects an awful smell, it's clear to me he's shit himself, it's no near nine o'clock. I've seen my wife perform the task, but think she'd need I'd need some kind of mask. Is there a neighbour I could ask? Nah, that's not really on. It surely can't be rocket science to change the wee man's arse appliance. Where's your bloody self-reliance? You can do the job. Clean nappy folded on the floor. We cotton wool balls by the score, another stuff to do the chores, ink cream, clean wipes and such. Arm's length he's lifted frae the cot, the stench would cauterize your snot. He's cheering up, the greeting stopped, he's smiling at his dad. 
The jumpsuit off and plastic pants as on the nappy I advance. It steams in my reluctant glance as I locate the pin. The nappy swelled up round the pin. I can't get my big fingers in to get some purchase on the thing. I'll need my long-nosed pliers. I can't find the long-nosed pliers. I've found the ones for stripping wires. Oh, that's a job a wee bit higher. I've cut the pin in half. The nappy's open, no disaster. Don't breathe, just get the job done faster. Stop wriggling, you little bastard. I've got to wipe you clean. The nappy's often rolled up tight. A nasty parcel full of shite. The wee man's bum is shining bright. I'll soon have earned that beer. But God, I need another pin. The wife, she keeps them in a tin. What cupboard does she put that in? I'll try the bathroom first. And in the moment I was gone, the wee man put his nappy on. He's wrapped a shitty, smelly one like a turban on his head. I rush back through the bathroom door to join him in a tug of war while runny shite slops on the floor. Oh, how the wee man laughs. I've soaked the nappy, cleaned the carpet, Hope to hell it doesn't mark it. The missus will be silly narc it if it leaves a stain. And while I undertook that task, I'd popped the wee man in the bath. He's having fun, I hear him laugh. I need a bath myself. And so when ten o'clock comes round, it's in the bath we both are found. The wife has won a hundred the carpet looks okay. His laughing and efficient mum has whipped a nappy round his bum. We've said good night to our wee chum. Let's open up that beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness me. Um, some people said that I should write, not write dirty stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and so I wrote these two. When you're talking about clean poetry, I thought, write something about soap. You know. This is the soap poem. My saucy wish, my very naughty hope, is that I could become your bar of soap. <laughs> then in the shower each morning I could play and rub your breasts in a moist, sudsy way, trace the contours of your face, avoid the arse, eyes, glide down your gorgeous legs, caress your thighs, and get all in a lather when I find I'm caught betwixt your hand and your behind. 
Between your toes and every nook and cranny, I'd love to froth and bubble in your fanny. And when we're done and you wring out the cloth, I'll watch you naked while you rinse me off. Your morning shower will never be the same with a cake of soap that conjures up my name. And then there was the sad follow-up to that one. Your adoring bar of soap, I humbly wait. I've grown hard, and our next shower anticipate, when once again warm moistless, moistness I'll enjoy your intimate and scented bathroom toy. From afar I hear loved footsteps on the floor grow louder as they near the bathroom door. The handle turns, the door is opened wide. Dear Christ, some hairy bloke just stepped inside. There's a towel round his waist. What shall I do? I'll hide behind the bottle of shampoo. He runs the taps till the water seems just right, then drops the towel. It's not a pretty sight. <laughs> and he, as he steps naked under the hot steam, his raucous singing drowns my anguished scream. He grabs the shampoo bottle from the shelf and squirts some on his hands to rub himself foams up his hair and smelly rank armpits then he langer, lathers all his grosser hairy bits at this hope in my breast begins to swell this bozo thinks shampoo is body gel he won't need soap I'm safe from his foul clutches reserved for your more welcome gentle touches this hairy ape will never cause me grief. How premature my sigh breathed in relief. He puts the shampoo back. Then I am plucked from off the shelf. Hope's dashed. I'm truly fucked. He rubs me on his face. I feel his skin abraded by the grater of his chin. And when his free hands Pull his foreskin back. I recall the best defense is to attack. I foam up in his eyes so he can't see. Drip on the tiles to make them slippery. My plan to make him fall and break his spine. So that, my love, you will be solely mine. He slips, falls down and damages his back. But drops me first. I'm wedged up his arse crack. <laughs> the ambulance is quick and sirens wails. The ambos didn't find me in his tail. From this hospital bed, I have no doubt. In ignominy, I will be shitted out. Goodbye, my love. I'll never see you more. And soapy morphs. Beware what you wish for.
This was written after my father died in 2007. It's called Dunotter Castle. The copper beech clings to its leaves. And as a miser grasps his coin, I thought in vain I might have held you, shared your wisdom, love, and laughter for one more season. Dunotter woods in autumn, leaves as bright as flowers, such colors in their death and at their dying. You Silent, slipping away, no swan song or goodbye. Foursquare with my brother and his sons, we bore the dead weight of your casket. Fresh, flesh of your fresh, oh shit, flesh of your fre flesh, your strength within us. We carried you through blustery rain yesterday. Today, through garlands wreathed on trees, I make my pilgrimage to coast and castle. The bruise of your burnt coffin on my shoulder. The castle ramparts rear against the sky. How proud they stand while mortal loved ones for fall. But now I see Donato's roof is gone. No fires are burning in the heart. Soon winter winds will scour its empty halls. Is that okay or? One more? <laughs> Into the microphone, okay. <laughs> okay. It's not the elephant still in the monk away. There once was an elephant, and he loved a monkey. And he said to the monkey, will you marry me? But the monkey said, no, I won't marry you, elephant. If we live together, you'd break down my tree. Well, the elephant sighed, and the elephant cried, and the elephant, he nearly wasted away, till he suddenly found he'd lost so many pounds, he could swing like a monkey through trees all the day, from the branch in his trunk, 
to the branch in his tail. He would glide through the trees like a ship under sail. And the monkey said, Elephant, you are my darling. We'll marry as soon as I divorce the snail. You have been listening to The Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio, featuring a live performance of John McKelvey, recorded at Cherry Poets on the 24th of June, 2023. To replay this and many other shows at your leisure, please head to 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word, where you can subscribe to years and years of podcasts. It's a real treasure trove of the eclectic world of grassroots poetry. And if you would like to send us some of your work to put to air on the show, you can do so at the same website, 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken dash word. We'd love to hear from you. And again, thank you to all the people who supported us financially during Radiothon. Your contributions really do help keep the show on the air. We'll be back next Thursday at 9am. My name is Brendan Bonsack. Thank you for listening.